Hello, hello, hello. You are now listening to the very first episode of The Raw Collection. I'm your host, Angela Pennyfeather, and each episode, I'm going to take you behind the scenes of who's who in the retail, luxury, and fashion world. They're my friends, and we're going to dive deeper into their stories. We're going to talk about their journeys, the setbacks, the comebacks, the disappointments, and the success stories. Nothing is off limits. So to celebrate our very first episode, I needed someone that brings the magic. And this person does it. He is Connor Matz. He is the visual director for Sat Fifth Avenue. Welcome, Connor. Of course. Hello, hello. Very happy to join and excited about this conversation. Same, same. How are you? I always feel like we, as individuals, we forget to ask how are people sometimes. Yeah. So how are you? Yeah, you know, the soul is being repaired. So it's it was a season, but um. You know, it's like so much of what we do is, you know, around holiday, especially this passion mm-hmm. project that, you know, we really put our all and our teams, our teams all into, but to be able to see the sort of fruition and see everything come to life, you know, it's a level of reward and satisfaction that frankly doesn't exist really outside of this time of the year. So, you know, I think, I think to your point now it's about checking in with ourselves and how we can sort of like rebuild and repair from the process and the mental sort of challenges that we go through. But, you know, no, I, I am doing well. How are you? I'm same. I mean, I'm, and this was probably right off the back. I had to ask you this because I know for me, when I did the installations on Fifth Avenue, the months of planning that occurred and like, you know, you go from your stomach and the queasiness and then peace. And then you see the joy when people interact. Can you talk to me? Because if you haven't, if you're not in New York City, for those listening, Sats just unveiled their, or launched, I should say, their holiday window in partnership with the Elton John Foundation, which was truly magical, especially having Elton John present was phenomenal. And I know it's not just you alone, but can you talk to me about the emotions that you encountered from the planning to the execution to completion? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and I know you're familiar with this process as well, but it's like, you know, we start so far in advance. So the windows this year, we actually had the initial sort of aesthetic inspiration and design nailed down roughly like end of January earlier this year. And then I'm very old school. It's like, I like to sketch everything by hand for each tactile. My team makes fun of me. So they're like, well, let's just make a rendering. I was like, no, no, I need to, I need to draw it. I need to understand. But you know, I, I think it's that level of excitement about discovering the theme and the direction early in the process that really starts to like fuel the brain. And that's what really gets me going. It's the team excited. And then, you know, we work with a lot of stakeholders at all levels to sort of refine and develop and ideate on just how amazing the windows can be, you know, and I I think it's like that level of excitement right at the beginning and then the level of thrill and satisfaction and peace to your point right at the end. And then there's lots of sort of really fun challenges, headaches and, you know, like hoops we have to jump through all throughout the middle of that process, you know, but I, I think the challenges and figuring out solutions to problems that feel impossible to solve is something that I find incredibly compelling. You know, it's like, like my boss always likes to joke with me. It's like, he thinks my back and my, I'm at my best when I'm sort of my back's against the wall and uh, being able, being able to troubleshoot through the process is like a very, very satisfying, satisfying process. I think one of the things that I love seeing is when the black curtains are there and you're anticipating and you know something is going to happen, something magical is going to happen. And I remember for the Mandarin Oriental Residence collaboration, Windows collaboration that you guys did with them, 
And I remember seeing you there and it was like that countdown, right? That unveiling. And I remember seeing your face. It was like, wow, it's here. And we did it. Yeah. Um, where do you get your inspiration from? Is it something that the stakeholders say, you know, this is what we're doing and wherever you feel like take it, or is it something that you and your team come up with? Yeah, it's a great question. I think, you know, what I love about Shaq's structurally as an organization is it's a very collaborative environment. So, you know, while, while I feel very lucky to sort of be, you know, the steward of the windows and sort of, you know, try to deliver that experience, you know, the themes are typically handled by a very small group. It's myself, Roger Preston, who's our managing director of visual, Eva Maravelius, who is our VP of visual at a corporate level. And then Andrew Winton, who's our VP of Saks, is a total sort of brand. And it's really the four of us sitting down very early in the year, each year, if not end of December of this year, and really just seeing what we feel inspired by, like what worked, we do a post-mortem on the season, you know, what did we feel was successful? What do we think were opportunities? And what's the spirit that we want to capture? You know, like it usually starts with a feeling and then we sort of build the windows around from there, you know, but, it, but it's a very small, very collaborative team. And, and that's what I love is it's a very organic and fluid process and we all work exceptionally well together, you know, and then there's a lot of, uh, a lot of sort of, you know, like I said, unique challenges throughout the process that we all sort of collaborate on, you know, but typically this year, you know, it started with this idea of. How do we take the iconic light show and sort of bring elements from color and lighting and integrated sort of architectural elements? And how do we bring that magic inside the windows? You know, so that, that's where we started this year with this idea of brilliance and then sort of the whimsical nature of the Elton John partnership, which has also an incredible charity component that came into play as well, which only further sort of made it more magical. But yeah, to your point, like when the shades raise and you see, you know, passerbys and especially all the kids and families during the holiday, that's, that's a feeling that you, you can't really beat. Is you talked about collaboration. Yeah. Who is your dream designer collaborator? Because you collaborate with so many designers. Yeah. I know. I feel like there's someone out there that you're like reaching yeah. and hoping for. You know, it's like I, I'm such a fan of what Andrew Bolton does at the Met each year for the Costume Institute Gala. And I think he's such a creative genius. We, we haven't done a lot of work with the Met recently, but I think like a Met Gala collaboration window series would be incredible. Like, I love that. It would be awesome. Yeah, like such a magical moment. So fingers crossed, we'll see. But, you know, I think I think that would be incredible. And then I also love Peter Marino, who's an architect for a lot of, you know, Louis Vuitton and Chanel and yeah. other luxury retailers. And he has such a refined and defined sort of aesthetic point of view. So those, those are some of like the dreams, but we've let's had let's lots of great- Let's to the universe. Let's yeah, yeah. the universe for both of totally. them. Totally, absolutely. Now, you've probably, we've been in this industry for, can we say over a decade? Yeah, 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 over a decade. And- what were the qualities that you felt like you needed to have? Like, let's say, you know, you're fresh and you're young and you just started and you felt like you needed these qualities. Do you yeah. feel like you're still applying those same qualities today? Yeah, totally. I, and I think, again, it, people say it all the time, but it's like, I still learn, you know, all the time mm. on the job. You know, I often feel that each season provides like at least one revelatory sort of experience. And I think one thing that I sort of discovered when I was younger and newer to this world that I, I still very sort of keep in mind today is, you know, it's like, no one's going to wait for you to be great. It's like, I'm a huge proponent that like, if you want to be excellent and you want to be great, like that's in your hands and you need to drive that. And it's all about how you inspire others. You know, it's like that, that to me is like, you have to, you have to like be a hammer almost. And not that you have to be forceful, but it's like, you have to 
you have to really be direct with how you push yourself and sort of bring a seat to the table, even if it's a table you weren't invited to initially, you know, so it's like those, those are always things that I keep in mind, but it's like, it's the initiative to just push yourself. Do you feel like there were moments that you felt like you didn't push yourself and you should have? Oh yeah, of course. You know, it's like, I think, you know, hesitation is great when you need to evaluate sort of all, all the procedural steps you need to get to a certain, right. when you need to evaluate the process and then how to get a certain result. But I think sometimes hesitation can sort of be a little defeating as well, because it sort of takes you away from trusting that like instinctual gut reaction to something. So it's like, I think learning how to like trust and leverage your intuition is something that I, you know, I continue to work on. You know, I think we all do. It's right. like, you know, how do we trust ourselves and, and really like, you know, push ourselves to develop what it could be. But yeah, I think the only way I've had my biggest learns from failures, you know what I mean? Because it's like, you only, you have to know what it's like to fall to know what it feels like to get back up, which like, it sounds like a, it sounds like a Hallmark card, but, but I do believe it. <laughs> but you know, in that sense, it does make sense. And it's kind of like, you know, you don't learn by now, you're never going to get it. Like from yeah. the constant failures that you have, either you get it or you don't. So yeah. I definitely understand that. You know, for the people out there that don't know what a director of windows, what that um, responsibility entails, can you in like one sentence or maybe two just explain? God, yes. Yeah, like magic conjurer, you know, experience deliverer. You know, I, I think what I love about my job is it's the opportunity to really have like an unbridled sort of like creative leadership role. And what I love about that is, again, and Sachs is great about this organizationally, is there's a lot of trust in the vision that, you know, me and my team bring to the table. And I have an excellent team that I'm so proud of. You know, we really have a lot of freedom with how we approach the work that we do in the windows. And I think fashion can often be a very political sort of world with just the profile of brands and the initiative. So, so walking that tightrope and, and being able to sort of still deliver creative excellence is something that's really exciting. I, that, that's like a very abstract sort of view, but, but that, that's what like I love about the job. Awesome. Now you just spoke about fashion, which leads me to my next question. Yeah. What do you think the state is with the fashion industry? Is it safe? Is it? fun? Is it exciting? Is it invigorating? Like, what is it to you, like, outside of just that, like, you, Connor, looking at it? Yeah, it's like, I think, you know, fashion is something, and, and not to, like, be the Stanley Tucci and the Double Wars Prada, who's, like, reading the magazines that are the covers, but it's like, you know, I, I mean, I can recite every monologue. It's really, it's terrifying. It's like, sometimes I'll do it in our, in our workspace with the team, and I'll just go into a Miranda Priestley rant. It's, yeah, it's, it's comical. I feel like, I should have known this because we just went into my monologue right now. Oh yeah, completely. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Florals for spring, groundbreaking, you know, all of it. But it's like, I loved, I loved fashion from such a young age. It's like, I, I, my parents always joked because I would save all my allowance and go to Barnes Noble and buy like Italian and British Vogue's and like I'd stacks in the room. But, um, you know, it's like that, that sense of discovery with fashion and the joy it brings me is something that still lives with me. You know, I think fashion in the modern industry has gone through like quite a sort of just revolutionary charge recently, especially, I mean, you look what's going on with a lot of the European houses and creative shifts there lately. So I, I think the world has been in a tumultuous state globally for the past two years. And I think fashion has sort of walked along that with, you know, all of the shifts that have happened and, and a lot of, you know, uprisings and needed change in the industry that's that has been addressed and continues to be addressed. So I, I think fashion still delivers some magic for me. It's like where I'm excited is when 
fashion becomes a little bit more responsible from like a cultural and global standpoint. And I do see the industry pushing itself, but I feel like that's something that we have more of a responsibility to do and analyze collectively as we talk about fashion, because, you know, the clothes are fun. It's like the clothes and the accessories. It's like, you see all the shiny stuff. When I walk through Saks every day, it's like, I'm inspired by the product. But I think when there's a creative vision being brought to the table and consumer consciousness, as well as just sort of like cultural awareness is something that every brand should consider. You know, I'm excited to see how the brands and sort of the fashion industry and, and the media continue to sort of evaluate and push themselves. Great, great answer. Do you feel like there's a fashion trend now that you do not want to see in 2023? You know, I, I think we've reached like peak pink pantsuit saturation right now. Yes. And, yeah, I, I think it's like we've 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 got a lot of the monochromatic pink suits and pantsuits out of the way, and they're fabulous. Yeah. We love them. Yeah. But I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to see what new trends sort of, you know, start to flesh out in the new year. I think Y2K is going to continue to be a big thing. Yeah, I'm excited. I think so. I, you know, I, I have to say I was a lover of the pink pants. And even like during the holiday parties, I was like, oh, what do I want to wear? What colors do I want to wear? Do I want to wear pink? And I'm like, no, 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 no pink. I was moving to the blues and the purple. Yeah, blue. I think blue is going to have a major moment this year. Yeah. What's I hot, do. What, I, what's hyper blue? Like, like almost like not to quote the Devil Wears Prada, but like almost like a cerulean or like a deep cobalt, I think would be beautiful. Okay. I am. Um, I was looking at, it was a recent off-white runway show where the, all of it was carpeted in like this deep tonal blue. And the majority of the collection was sort of in this very like sporty sort of blue. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that could be like a nice alternative, like almost like a direct pivot from the pink. But yeah. you know, we'll see what trends, what are you, what are you kind of tired of? I'm, I'm excited to hear. What am I tired of? I don't know if I'm tired of the flare jeans. Oh, a flare jean. Okay, fair. Like, I love them. And I love that they came back because I was like, holy crap, what? I was wearing them. I'm afraid, like, now they're here. And, but I think I am tired of it becoming, we're starting to feel a bit lazy how people are rocking them as opposed yeah. to adding a bit more style and glam to it like you can still yeah. do wear it up with some heels or a blazer but it's starting to see, seem a bit lazy to me and that Terrible. i don't like i don't like when people take fashion lazy like fashion is not yeah. supposed to be lazy yeah it's like i think about and i'm sure you're the same way it's like and I joke around some mornings we're feeling it more than others but it's like when you're getting dressed there's something like ceremonial about it you know what i mean yep. it's like you get to pick out what you're wearing and kind of how you're going to present yourself and like what you feel inspired by going through your own closet. Yeah. Uh, again, some mornings are better than others, but. Sure. <laughs> sure. I mean, we live in New York City, right? Like, yeah. like either we're quick on the go or sometimes yeah. we have the time to really analyze and see what we want to wear. Totally. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I feel like it's still going to be here in 2023, the flare yeah. jeans, but I just want people to. Dress it up a bit. Make it fun. Fair. I don't know. Fair. Yeah. Make it a flared pants. Yeah. Something. Something. I want to talk about like new stuff because for creative, yeah. it does happen, right? Like we are just like, like teeth of mine and it's just like, okay, we don't know what's next. For me, I found that when I take deep breaths or sometimes when I go and do yoga, it really helps me to expand and clear my mind where I can. Sure bring in new ideas 
Yeah. What do you do? Like, what techniques work for you to get out of there like this? Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned sort of like yoga and breath work. It's like I've actually gotten really into breath exercises this past year. That's like helped quite a bit. Um, you know, I'm also a huge proponent of like just removing yourself from like a place, like whether it's a situation where you feel like you're either going to become stuck or it's going to take you to a place that you just can't, can't or don't want to be in. I'm a huge fan of just removing yourself and sort of taking five to 10 minutes to just like walk outside aimlessly with like no direction or place in mind. Right. Uh, that's something I try to practice, you know, and like, I think, I think it's natural to get, you know, a little bit of sort of a feeling of sometimes like, well, what's next or how am I going to top this? Or, you know, I feel like I'm already at my limit. How can I push me on, you know, and, and it doesn't necessarily always feel healthy to be there, but it's like, I think it's like, what I always try to do is check myself and understand that like, this is normal. And also like, I've been there before, like I've been in this moment before and there's, it might not be this afternoon. It might not be tomorrow, but like, I will be on the other side of it at some point. Right. And understanding that like, you know, what you're feeling in that moment is very temporary is something that always mm-hmm. helps me as well mm-hmm. and that's a great and then just yeah that it is temporary totally and then it in the meantime if that doesn't work like the no go ahead no 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 you can finish no i was just gonna say if that if none of that works you can get a cocktail like <laughs> that's all oh i'm a sucker for a vodka martini you know what i was actually gonna say you give me that vibe yeah um, so, i was gonna say that what about you? I, I was going to lean towards that or like that classic Manhattan. Oh, I could you. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I, I like, I think I'm leaning more towards like that straight, like a shot of just whiskey on the rock. Oh, love that Classic. for you. And then also something fun, champagne. Yeah, of course. Yeah. The mixed fruit stuff. I'm over it. Never want to see that again. Yes, give it to me straight, right? Like, yeah. This means I read like that's what Fair. it is. Fair. Absolutely. I did have a question and it was, and I just thought about it. So, oh, here it is. So sometimes when I need inspiration, right, from feeling stuck, I walk on Madison Avenue because I always want to see what they're doing, what's Mm. enticing, what stores are coming through. That's not on Fifth Avenue. That should be on Fifth Avenue. Where, like, do you ever look at the competitor's windows or do you stay away from that? Yeah, I think, I mean, look, I, I, we use the word competitor and again, and now that, you know, I'm going to like go out of my way to compliment other people, but no, I think walking the competition is natural. And I, I, I always get the feeling that I've seen the way that other creatives approach the industry and the world that we work in. You know, it's like, I walked out the recent holiday windows and like BG did a beautiful job as they always do, you know, their windows mm-hmm. look gorgeous and just the, the different lens with how they approach fashion is, you know, so uniquely specific to their identity. And then it's like, I love walking the boutiques as well. You know, it's like, I just saw like Maximilian Davis's first collection for Ferragamo and the windows of their store. And like, that was an exciting experience to see like yeah. new direction for a brand being embraced. So yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of the times with, with some windows, it's like, it's all about how you get inspired by others physically. It's not just what you see sort of on Pinterest or like on a mood board, but like, how can you, how can you have a tactile response to what you're seeing in your own environment? You know what I mean? And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but is the industry as far as like the visual windows industry, is it small? Like, do you all kind of know each other by now? Yeah, I think we know people on the teams. You know, I think it's a very small 
to your point, especially in New York, it's a very sort of small and specific industry. And, and unfortunately, it's really, you know, especially with thinking about like how we've lost Barney's recently, it's even smaller than it has been in the past. But I think, you know, the commonality between all of us is we really understand all the moving parts that go into doing what we do. So I think there's such a commonality of respect whenever I've met anyone from a, from a competitor. And oftentimes we have a, we have a great time when we meet each other sort of comparing stories and, and projects and, you know, all of that. So I I think, yeah, I've definitely seen that. I remember 2021, the award show. I can't remember the organization on the top of my page. Yes. Paid. Yeah. And you know, everyone from that industry came together and you know the winners celebrate each other and just it was just a celebration regardless if you won or not it was kind of like we got over the holiday season we're yeah. happy we're all together we're healthy like and i saw that and i really liked that and it was kind of like i you know i was invited and i was able to meet other you know visual professionals but yeah. it amazed me how much of a world this that that I yeah. wasn't privy to, unless you're in it, of course. Totally. And like, I think to your point, it's so rewarding when we get to meet others and sort of have that connection for the first time. And then also it's like, I remember meeting mm-hmm. you for the first time. And then also like how we right. had sort of continued to build our relationship and events outside of that, which was always a fun discovery. Right. So it's like, you know, I think like, you know, for example, like we just had Pave again recently last week. And, you know, I, I met the teams from Macy's and Bloomingdale's there for the first time. And they were absolutely lovely. Right. We had an amazing evening. But being able to have that kind of shared commonality it's you know i think that's important because it's like i tell this to my team as well it's you know it's like the world is hard enough with like you know all, all everything that's against us always it's like the least we can do is try to make it easier for us to work with each other and work with each other and i think the same goes for it's like everyone else in life absolutely so now we're getting into our speed round this is where i ask okay. yeah, 10 questions they can either it's multiple choice and some questions okay. are one word answer you can only plead the fifth once, plead the fifth once, but okay. if you choose not to plead the fifth at all, you are a total rock star, okay? <laughs> but here we go. Ready? I'm, a, I'm a little scared, but yeah, go. Here we go. It'll no be fine. All right? There's no sweat yeah, whatsoever. You can do fine. this. Ready? Yes. But let's do this. Versace or Prada? I'm a Prada boy. Really? Yeah, like yeah, head to toe Prada or is it just the... It's well, head to toe. It's like I would love to be head to toe, but you know, it's usually the it's usually the toes. I love I love a good Prada loafer, a classic, uh, but also love Versace. They've been they've been amazing partners with us in the past at Saks, and then also a few pieces that, that I yeah. love from the recent collections. But yeah, Prada. I, I think I've leaned more into their footwear than I've had in years. Yes, where I I love it. I- do you, I feel like I could see you in a Versace platform, like one of those yes. like really cool platforms. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Love that for you. Totally. Day or night? Night. I think it's, the night's a little bit more unknown. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Uh, oh. Spring or winter? And I feel like I know the answer to this one. Winter. Winter. Yeah. Yes. And layering, coats, Near coats, fitting. outerwear. Yes. Oh my God. Dressing for winter for me is like so much more exciting than like, you know, a sure. I don't, I don't, unpopular answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It might be unpopular with me. But yeah. maybe for our listeners, they are into that too as well. The layers. Like I love looking at layer looks. I don't sure. like dressing for Fair. Fair. New York City or Beverly Hills? NYC. New York all day. Yeah. 
Nice. What is the most overused fashion word? Fabulous. There's a lot of things that people say are fabulous that are not fabulous. You're right. Can't even, yes. can't even comment on that. Like, I'm just, like, monochrome or color? Monochrome. Monochrome personally, color professionally. I, I, I definitely knew you were going to answer that. Yeah. Which borough, and this might cause a little tiff, but I hope that you're able to answer this. Yeah. Which borough has the best fashion sense? Brooklyn or Manhattan? I think Brooklyn's the most exciting. Like, I think Manhattan, I love Instagram. I love Manhattan style. And it's like, I think Manhattan style, it's like, I think about like classic New York. And it's like mm -hmm. that like polished Upper East Side, very like Ralph Lauren, Michael Kors, like sensibility mm -hmm. that, or like Oscar de Lorenza, which is, you know, it's all fabulous. But I think it's like on the weekends when I'm out in Brooklyn and I see the way that, you know, people on the street or like my friends are dressing, like that to me is inspiring and keeps me feeling very excited. Fair. Definitely yeah. fair. If you had a choice between doing a window scene between the Roaring Twenties or maybe something futuristic like the year 3000, mm -hmm. what would you choose? Probably like futuristic. Like it's like I always, looking at the past, it's fantastic. But if there's something that we can like look forward on, that's that like gets me going. Right. Okay, cool. City or suburbs? City. Definitely city. Yeah. And the last one. What is the most luxurious item that you have? And luxury doesn't mean it has to have a price tag. It could yeah. be how you feel. There was this really special bomber jacket I have from the brand Libertine that I got at an event that he was a coach you were on with, with one of our top personal stylists when I was a BM in our Philadelphia store with Saks. And it was one of my like first events that I helped sort of curate and design. And, you know, the designer was there and it was one of my first times meeting a big designer. And then Johnson is lovely to work with. And there was this jacket I was obsessed with that I was able to wear to the event. And then I, I was able to get it afterwards. But um, that that's just like a cherished, like iconic piece of memory. Yeah. Do you still have it? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's like in a garment bag in the closet. And it's like every now and then I think about wearing it, but it's also one of those, yeah. it's like, I just love it as to your point, like a luxurious object that I just sort of okay. cherish now. Right, right. I love it. So ladies and gentlemen, Connor just answered all 10 questions. He did not play the fifth one. Okay. He is our rock star. He has tipped it off. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So we do have a couple of questions for people on Instagram that sent it over to us. Yes. And the first question is, what do you do with the pieces after the holiday season is over? Like the props? Yes. Yeah. So the we're really trying to be more sustainable with how we, because BM can honestly be such a wasteful industry. So what I'm currently in the process of doing is seeing how we can take them apart and refinish a lot of the props to reuse for later this year, like early in the fall season. Um, okay. with a different sort of identity. And then there'll be certain pieces or like mannequins, et cetera, that will work with local sort of either schools or charities to donate wherever possible. And then if something, you know, is just a, implausible to be kept or stored, it'll, it'll be discarded. But like wherever we can reuse or donate or store, that's those are always the free top sort of. Thought. Cool. And the next question, last question. How yes. have you, do you feel like you've built this already or is there more to building your career? I think it's like, look, I, you probably noticed it's like, I'm an ambitious person, but it's like, you know, I think, I think we're always building them. Someone who always has the future in mind, but the job that I'm in now honestly feels like a dream. I feel incredibly lucky and blessed to be where I am and to be able to do what we do and mm -hmm. have the team that I have and what we all work on together. And so I'm, I'm, I'm in a place of personal sort of fulfillment here currently, but I mean, who, who knows what's next, you know? Right. Well, that was all our questions.
Yeah. Thank you so much to our very first guest, Connor Matt. Of course. I feel like this is such a celebratory moment with our yeah. martini and a champagne. Like, <laughs> thank you. Of course. No, we'll, we'll go out soon. Reunion. Yeah, absolutely. No, I know. Reunions. We'll see each other soon. Thank you for having me. For sure. For sure. And thank you all so much for listening. And I think in honor of today's guest, take what Connor said. Lean into your intuition. Until next time. Bye.